You're listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. This is Eugene Hernandez, Deputy Director here at Film at Lincoln Center. Today we're sharing a conversation from the 57th New York Film Festival, filmmaker Ala Kovgan talking about her new film, Cunningham. Her breathtaking movie, which opens this Friday, pays tribute to one of the most visionary choreographers of the 20th century, Merce Cunningham. The director will return to Film at Lincoln Center for opening Q&As this coming Saturday and Sunday. You can get tickets now at filmlink.org. So let's go now to the conversation from the 57th New York Film Festival, moderated by Kent Jones. I just, uh, you, you began when you introduced the film by saying that it was seven years in the making. So is that seven years from first inception, first idea of making it, or is it seven years of actual, what does that encompass? Uh, it's actually uh, real, real full-time yeah. work yeah. for me. Um, the idea came in actually in the end of 2011 yes. when I saw the last um, performances yes. of the Mars Cunningham Dance Company and there was a, a sort of a, a commission or a project, uh, a grant from a Rockefeller Foundation through Dance Films Association to make mm-hmm. a film about New York-based choreographer mm-hmm. using 3D technology. And yep. I must say I was very, f- I wasn't thinking about it that much, but um, when I went to the performance, uh, the last performances at BAM, I basically felt that 3D and Marskayam. So that's kind of gave sense. Yep. the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's an immense production. I mean, you know, you're you're transcontinental, and then you're you know, so you really have a lot of different kinds of shoots that you're pulling together. And then, but then also, I was really um, stunned by the look of the. Um, the archival footage and the way that you worked out visually against the images, against the still images, that's a great decision and it's uh, beautifully edited. So that's not a question, that's yeah, a compliment. Thank you. <laughs> but, what, but how did you settle on that actually, uh, to have the still images placed? Yeah, um, so basically when it was clear that the, it, it worked out that I'll be making this film mm-hmm. and um, the f- I started watching a lot of archival footage, and it's sure. not that I've, I've known of Merce, of course, uh, for many, many years before, but yes. um, first of all, I never imagined making a film about him mm-hmm. because he's a kind of choreographer who works so much in space, and if you have 16 people going in different directions, right. what kind of shots can you actually make? Right. So I never imagined doing that. Um, uh, so just 3D gave me kind of impetus, but then I started researching, mm-hmm. and I have seen those films... Um, from the 60s mm-hmm. and and then some home movies that um, that were taken and I basically felt like well there's a whole story that I think everybody forgot mm-hmm. you know so um, it became a key for me to try to bring it back I mean it immediately focused the film in a certain period mm-hmm. just because everything was at stake for us at the time and I feel like this is the most kind of that had so much in it so but then when 3D, how hell are we going to put the archive in this uh, short live action footage? So um, there were all kinds of ideas about that. Uh, but the research also brought all this, you know, between 42 and 72, something like over 70 photographers photographed Marskani. And every single one of them, not every single one, but many of them are absolutely incredible photographers. So when we work with Mickey Ulfig, who's been sitting with me for for days and nights in the editing room, um, we start thinking about, 
Okay, well, one way to, we can't really dimensionalize 2D footage. Right. You know, the six, we, we decided we're gonna take only th uh, 35 millimeter and 16 millimeter footage. So that's originated on celluloid, so we don't get into any kind of uh, technical issues, but also it gives us present sense of time yeah. because video came later, and so we stuck with that. But then how do you put it in space? You know, and that's where we start thinking that, well, maybe we should create, we think of a frame, not just a flat frame, which is not in 3D, but is basically a box, a kind of collage, a place to create collages of elements. You know, and so that's how we started, sort of dived in into that process and selecting, you know, thousands of pictures. I mean, Mars was, I think, and somewhat obsessed with, you know, being captured. You know, that I didn't think about it when I started this project, but there was all this material, so we, we start working like that. Yeah, really very documented. I mean, you know, it seems like he really <laughs> had people around recording in one way or another. Uh, or, or maybe he just said yes to things. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right. What you said. Um, <laughs> and um, the decision to film the particular dances in particular places, I, that's something that I, I, I know, I'm sure that many people have questions about. Right, so, um, you know, everybody asks a lot of the time, like, are you trying to capture? Right. Well, I'm not trying to capture. I don't think it's possible. You said something at the beginning. I mean, we can't capture dance yeah. on film. Yeah, we you, can have, just you walk have to in. interpret it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We can walk in and put cameras around right. and film it. It can be better or worse, but, you know, we can't. Actually, yeah. it doesn't. So what, and I learned that a long time ago, kind yeah. of. But, but with this film, and, and also it was interesting because Merce has done so many things himself yes. on video work and, and, right. and, and even 16 mil, you know, yes. he's done so much. So like, what am I gonna do? You know, mm -hmm. like, uh, what, what, what am I gonna offer, mm -hmm. actually? And here's this 3D we have. Um, so um, what we started doing, we started sort of, once we picked the period yeah. from all this, uh, and once we picked the what we're gonna shoot, actually, mm -hmm. with Jennifer and Robert Swinston also, um, it was very clear that we're not, we're gonna translate Mercer's ideas into cinema. Right. right. We're not gonna capture anything. Right. First of all, the company doesn't exist. Second of all, you know, it's, it's a story from the past. Mm -hmm. uh, so we're gonna identify, uh, and Mercer always starts with physical questions. Yes. You know, he, it's not, he tells you, it's not uh, what, what psychological problems you have or what is anything like it. It's always, or music, it's just a physical question. So mm -hmm. I think once I identify those physical questions about each dance, then I start thinking about, okay, well, how would cinema work with those physical questions? Mm -hmm. So if it's a dance based on the action of falling, like Winter Branch, mm -hmm. well, I mean, I, you know, there's so many films that deal with the, uh, you know, with falling, or, you know, so how do we do that? So we put on a rooftop and maybe it's, so we start looking for metaphorical locations that will help us to translate into cinema. If it's about layering, well, let's put in the woods. You're going to have much stronger effect of that. Or if it's about, you know, being close together, well, let's 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 make a confined space. So it was very s slow process and also very meticulous, also with director of photography, of trying to identify what we're we looking for. And then when we finally start shooting in Germany, because we actually storyboard this film in New York too. Yes. So we actually, when the funding wouldn't come and we ended up in Germany, we just already looked for specific locations that would respond to the idea. And sometimes we had to create a complete set, like for, for instance with Summer Space, you know, with the Rauschenberg, pointless Rauschenberg decor, where we had to construct it completely in CGI. Yeah. 
you know, but that was also an idea because there was a photograph from 1958 taken by, Mar uh, by Rutledge, Robert, Robert Rutledge, another very good photographer, where Mars put the psych, the, the backdrop on the wall and on the floor and dancers were kind of uh, in front of it so there was no difference, you know. And also Carolyn Brown writes in her book like, okay, well, he always wanted to engulf the dancers. So now we can do that, you know. So we basically try to sort of create the environments that would help us to translate most ideas into cinema. Because we're making cinema. Yeah. We're not capturing right. that. Exactly. Yeah. I was particularly intrigued by doing Tread and, and uh, Bright Sunshine. That was, that was uh, right. yeah, <laughs> very beautiful. Um, let's take questions from the audience. Right there. Hi, Ala. My, na <clears throat> My name is Bastian Heinzohn. Uh, as a German, I'd be interested to hear uh, why Germany was very interested in supporting your film and how you chose the locations. And as a professor at Bucknell University, I would like to extend the greetings from uh, Rebecca Myers. And we have very fond memories of your uh, visit in 2013. Kino dance. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, yeah uh, I don't know why. Why Germany decided to be our major funder. I mean, we had a fantastic producer, Helge, we have a fantastic producer, Helga Albers, who sometimes makes impossible things happen, like a lot of people on my team. So I think um, he managed to, uh, basically it's interesting because it was so hard to finance this film and make it happen, and yet when you explain it to people who actually can dialogue with you, they think it's a great idea. You know, so I think there was enough people who kind of understood that. It's complete chance. I think, but, but on the one hand, on the other hand, because we explain this the same thing people here too, but it's not always, in some cases, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't. So I think that was um, no specific reason other than that we had a German producer who managed to convince the world that it's worth doing. Uh, and then of course we, uh, you know, we walked New York up and down here. We also had to travel in Germany and there were all these funds that actually made us film in specific areas. So we had to, always restart. As soon as we get new money from new fund, we have to go to a new place and we have to start over. And sometimes this storyboarding went a little overboard because you just like think you're gonna film here and then you're not. So you have to start over. So basically, but those ideas, those initial ideas that I identified with Robert and Jennifer at the beginning where to shoot this, the locations, you know, we kind of constantly had an idea what we were looking for. Um, so that's, that's how it came about. Uh, Merce had a lot of ideas about how to approach uh, making work. Uh, I'm thinking particularly about his use of chance, just like with John Cage. I'm curious if any of his working processes uh, you employed yourself while making the film, uh, things like incorporating chance and randomness into the process. Um, with cinema and chance, it's very difficult. Um. <laughs> Especially if you're working in 3D on different continents, but right. And I have, you know, it's a 85 people, 85 people crew, and um, you know, if I'm gonna start, um, you know, throwing dice right there, and then I may, we just made up, end up nowhere. But it's interesting because there were some chance situations. I, I think there was one that maybe Jennifer wants to talk about. Actually, can we get? Uh, uh, well, there was one uh, while we get the microphone to Jennifer. Uh, there was one moment, uh, a sweet for two, it's a dance that's uh, next to the water. Um, there was a lot of discussions how to film that dance. Um, so maybe, Jan, you can pick up what yeah. happened. Oh, yeah. Am I on? Hi. Um, this is 
uh, yeah, one of my uh, favorite stories about filming. Um, so we, Ala, we, there's a shot in the beginning, this, like she said, a duet, duet from Sweet for Five, and um, Ala wanted to shoot it two ways. So we started, uh, you see the dancers, the top of their movement, and then it, it pans away and goes across the water in a canal. Then we reversed it uh, and made the dancers do it over and over and over again, beautifully, of course. And uh, I, we were discussing already, you know, which shot is better? Which shot is better? Which one should we use? And um, one of the producers and I got into a conversation. I much preferred one and she much preferred the other. And we were arguing from the dance perspective and from the film perspective, why? Because I have learned a lot about the film perspective, but my, my background, of course, is in dance. So uh, Robert Swinston was there at the time and came up and was listening to the conversation and he said, you know what, why don't you do what Merce did? Why don't you just use both? And I think at the time, Ala, you know, was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Sure, but that idea stuck, and in the end, um, she managed to create this beautiful sequence, and you, you, the sequence is interrupted by another part of the solo scene in this beautiful building, but you, you actually get the chance to see the choreography. You, you get both shots, and uh, it's just like a marvelous little collage. So that was not planned, it just happened. Well, I mean, in a way, chances built into filmmaking. It of just, course. Yeah, so. uh, the question, obviously, for the director and for the DP, was this shot using uh, uh, 3D equipment, or was the 3D done in post-production, or both? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, it's a simple question. I can probably answer it. It's, a, it's, it's all native 3D. It's shot with two cameras painstakingly. <laughs> So um, what is done post-production is uh, the uh, work with archival footage, uh, which is basically collaged in 3D space. Hi, Ella. I wanted to congratulate you on a beautiful film. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, question, could you um, talk a little bit about casting? Uh, since it took seven years to make, how did you manage to get them, keep them all together? And um, how did Does that work? Does anybody of the dancers want to answer that? <laughs> Oh my goodness, so it was, uh, we had to get the band back together, <laughs> um, which was no easy feat, also because uh, so many of the dancers have moved on with their lives, they have other jobs, um, work with other choreographers, uh, some don't dance so much anymore, like myself and mostly teach. There were babies born during this process, um, yes, so casting was challenging, um, but we basically, there were, there were so many people that were on board with the film, so it was a, basically we just contacted everyone that we thought was willing, and um, everyone said yes. And um, we pulled it together with their schedules and some of the casting of the individual sections even depended on people's schedules and who was available and who had to fly here on this day and so forth. But um, 
yeah, we, we even pulled a couple people out of retirement. We even um, included um, a couple of young dancers that uh, there was one young woman who was never a part of the company who's actually here, Lindsay Jones. Um, she's been training with us at our workshops now at uh, City Center. She's been with us for a long time. Also, Corey Kresge was an understudy um, and very well versed in the technique. And then uh, we had an appearance of some dancers of Robert Swinston's company in Angers. They appear in the event sequence. So it was a logistical nightmare, but of course we made it work. But I think what's most important is the fact that most of these people have been with MERS, and that was one of the inspirations I, I had at BAM in 2011, that they are the last generation of Kaihim dancers trained by MERS himself. And I think what they carry in their bodies is something that's very unique, and that's sort of, I'm grateful that they supported this, and they decided to do this because there will be no more dancers like you guys. Time for one more. Yes, right there. One last question. Yeah. Okay, well, first, I just want to also say thank you so much for this really amazing transporting film. And my question is also about your, your team. I'm just wondering how you went about assembling your team of people who worked on the film. Um, were the people involved in making films about dance previously? Yeah, I mean, probably the main person, this is my director of photography. Uh, we've met in 2000, we met in 2006, and I think we made all the movies together since then. And we learned from each other, and I think we, I always feel like now, after Merskine, we can do anything, uh, because that was so difficult <laughs> in many ways, um, because I don't... Uh, you know, I didn't know that we could make cinema with um, kind of work. It was uh, because of a many, we can get into that very interesting discussion why. But um, so I think we basically got together right away um, once we, it was clear that the project will happen. And, um, and then, of course, we had uh, incredible costume designer, Jeffrey Wiersing, who came, who Jennifer found, I, I believe, yes. And, and then, of course, Jennifer was there also in Robert. Swinston, who were there from, from the very first day. And then Jeffrey basically decided to keep, to keep up with us um, all these years and never gave up. And then it just, you know, the movies are made with money, but by people. And I think people is everything. I think, I think no, you know, you need money, of course, but you know, what Martin Scorsese was here, he said nobody backed up that film except for Netflix came on board, you know, I mean, you always have situations, and, and if you don't have the people who support and believe in you and have faith in you and who can just actually carry through this, it's like children, I mean, obviously, there's, it's everything. So I think once we find the right people, we stick with them, and we work together, and we make things. So I think that's the main thing. That's a great way to end. Uh, really, thank you. Thank, thank you for this you. film. been listening to the Film at Lincoln Center podcast. Our opening music is by Steelism. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify. 
Film at Lincoln Center is a nonprofit arts organization based in New York City and supported by individuals just like you. For 50 years, we've been dedicated to supporting the art and elevating the craft of cinema and enriching film culture through the programming of festivals, series, retrospectives, and new releases, the publication of Film Comment, the presentation of podcasts, talks, and special events, the creation and implementation of artist initiatives, and our film and education curriculum and screenings. To learn more about what we do and support Film at Lincoln Center by becoming a member, visit filmlink.org. That's F-I-L-M-L-I-N-C dot org.